0: In August of 2021, I had recently finished the questioning series and was patiently waiting for guidance from God on where to go next. And When I felt like God was nudging me to reach out to my friend, Andy, I thought it was going to be a one-off episode on healing. And here we are, the 50th episode in this healing series. And all along the way, I didn't know how long this would go, where it would go, and why it was even going. But what I did know is that when God gives an invitation, we have an opportunity to take steps towards him, whether we understand it or not. There has been so much fruit from this season. I've had the privilege of hearing some amazing stories, but even more talking to some incredible people made in the image of God. And this topic of healing went much wider and deeper than I could have ever expected. We did hear about miraculous recoveries, We also heard about unanswered prayers. And all along the way, we discovered that God is God and God is good. He is present and active even in the hardest moments, even in the most confusing moments, even in the times where it seems like he's not there. We've heard stories of hope. We've heard stories of redemption. We've heard stories of transformation. And we've heard so many stories of people discovering that God can and does do abundantly more Than we can ask or imagine. But where do we go from here? Is it enough that we just heard 50 amazing stories? Or is this just the start of the journey? This is the question that we press into with Don Coleman, who has been a spiritual father of mine for many, many years. Don and I have had so many conversations on his porch, but this is the first time one of those conversations has been recorded. Don joins us for two reasons. One, He has an incredible story of healing that you need to hear. Two, I knew that Don would be a fantastic person to talk to about what we do with this topic of healing from this point. Now that we've heard these stories, where do we go from here? The answer may challenge you. You're listening to the season finale of The Healing Series and episode 112 of the Where Did You See God podcast. Father God, I just want to thank you that you are God and you are good. And I thank you for the gift of being able to sit with Don, who I've sat with so many times since 2007. But every time I really feel like you show up in the conversation. So I'm grateful and I'm excited. But right now, we want to just give this time to you. We want to say that you know more what needs to happen. You know what needs to be said or not said. So we give you our words. We give you our thoughts. We give you this time. We give it all to you with the recognition that you can do abundantly more than we ever could. So we give it to you. We thank you for it. And we look forward to seeing how you work in the midst. All this we pray in your most holy and precious name. Amen. So Don, I am very excited for the reasons I mentioned. I love you. You're my spiritual father, have been for a long time. I was just talking to another podcast host and i'm going to be a guest on their episode but i was saying that i was about to be talking to you and i'm like if there's anything you liked in what i said it's because i've been sitting on don's porch for several years and he's rubbing off on me and so i'm just grateful for who you are and i'm grateful that you get to be the conversation on the 50th episode of this healing series but before we jump in one thing i like to do with all my guests is create a fun way for them to share who they are and to do so briefly. And I do that by giving a random prompt. And so your random prompt is this. About a year ago, a few of us were talking and somebody made the comment about PD, Pastor Don PD and the Zealots. And someone said, man, that sounds like it would be the name of a good album. So I want you to imagine that the album, PD and the Zealots is about to be released and I'm going old school. I'm getting a physical copy of it. And I open it up, and on the insert, there's a little bio about PD. What does that bio say about who PD
1: is? Wow, PD and the Zealots. Wow, it would definitely say PD is a man who absolutely loves God and has tried to live his life seeking God and coming to know God in a real way. It would definitely say, I love my wife, I'm grateful. For our close to 40 years of marriage, my two daughters, my grandson, my sons-in-laws, because I also think family is huge. And then it would probably say he's a man who cares about his spiritual family and the body of Christ and the people of God. And, you know, just loving people. That would be an important part of it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool, PD and the Zealots. I like <laughs> You know, people would buy
0: that album if it yeah, came out. Yeah. <laughs> people waiting
1: for it. Tell you that. You know, one of the funny parts of my story is like when I first started to have a vision of gathering people. Mm-hmm. The name of it was Zealous Christian Fellowship. Mm. That's what I named it, and we were meeting here in my home for a little while. When I really came to the revelation that you could gather in other ways than in large buildings. You gather in your home. And so, yeah, that's what the name was, Zealous Christian Fellowship, many, many years ago. Yeah.
0: Now, someone's going to hear you say that and say, well, that's confirmation that the album needs to happen. So, so watch out. They're going to be calling you up. <laughs> so, I mean, Don, you and I have known each other since 2007. You know, you've been a spiritual father of mine since that time. You married my wife and I. I've sat on your porch many times. And we've had so many just deep conversations where God has shown up. But one thing recently that we've been talking about, and not just we have been talking about, you've made comments during a large gathering service of our Church Easton Fellowship, is you feel like God's doing something around healing. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't think of a better person to sit down and process this idea of healing with, not just because of that, but also because you have a powerful story right. of healing in your own life. And so I want to start off there. Right. Let's just jump right in. Tell me the story about how God saved your life in 2009.
1: Yeah, yeah. November of 2009, I went into a diabetic coma and was in that coma for almost four weeks. What was crazy about, I remember the day I was actually supposed to speak for the University of Richmond Gospel Choir. It was a Saturday. I was on the school board. So I went to a Richmond Teachers Association breakfast that they had and I noticed, I said, something's not feeling right. Mm. I made it back home and I look back now and I go like, this is crazy. I made it back home and I never had felt like so sick. I can't do something, you know, mm. but I felt I was like, I don't think I can go speak at the University of Richmond. And so I called one of my spiritual sons. His name is Doug. I called Doug. I said, hey, I need you to go speak at the University of Richmond for me because I can't do it. And he came and I talked to him, encouraged him. And even then, he didn't pick up like, no, Pastor Don is like really sick. Mm. That's the last thing I remember from that day was talking to him. Wow. When I woke up in the hospital, which that was November, I didn't wake up in the hospital till December the
2: 6th. Goodness,
1: I believe that was November the 14th. Mm-hmm. So in my life between November 14th of 2009 to December 6th of 2009, I have no memory. Mm -hmm. It was just crazy. Now, they told me what happened is my son-in-law and my daughter and my wife came and I was out. I had passed out and they took me to Richmond Community Hospital. And it was crazy. The things they told me, the doctors told them that first night the doctor said, well, he should be dead. Mm -hmm. His lungs are full of fluid. So that's the first miracle. The other crazy miracle was that they took me to Richmond Community. It's the same distance to Richmond Community that it is to VCU MCV from my house. Mm-hmm. I live right in that space, right there. But they took me to Richmond Community. And again, all this now is stuff that they told me. But after I was in there for a while, about a couple of weeks, they got to the point where they say, you didn't die, but it's not getting better. Mm-hmm. And so what happened there, it got to the point, it was a diabetic infection, An infection had gotten in my blood, and it was coming from an infection in my leg, and the doctors had determined that they would need to cut my right leg off from the knee down. Mm -hmm. The day that they were going to do that, they had told my wife, they had told, Corey Whitmer was my co-pastor at that time, and he was there. Mother Branch, Jackie Branch, a great committed intercessor, she was there at the hospital, My wife was there and the doctor came out and said, hey, in order to save his life, we're gonna need to cut his leg off from the knee down. And Mother Branch right there with the doctor said, oh no, that's (laughs) not happening. Uh, That is not happening. And Corey, a good Presbyterian was like, oh my God, (laughs) this is embarrassing. The doctor said what he gotta do. Come on, Mother Brett, why are you saying this out loud? You know, like, oh, no, oh, no, 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 that's not going to happen. So sure enough, and this is an amazing part of the story, amazing why I'm excited we're talking about healing, because you can't make this stuff up. It ends up, they do take me in to do the surgery, and praise God, hallelujah, my life was saved and everything. But they didn't cut my leg off. They ended up a part of my foot and a few toes. From there though, I moved from that hospital because it still was critical. And the Richmond community decided, hey, we really need to move him to a, a larger hospital. And so they moved me to VCU. While I was at VCU, that's when I woke up. You know, I woke up out of the coma. And I was like, what, <laughs> I was, what is going on, where am I? Mm-hmm. So I'm in the hospital there. And one of the things they have to do is every day, multiple times they were checking my blood for those of you listening who may not have picked it up yet i am a dark skinned person and what was happening is they were having a challenge finding veins <laughs> i mean it was oh we sorry mister Cole. oh god we missed mm-hmm. it i mean it was it was bad mm-hmm. and they had all these older nurses oh she's the best she oh oh she she'll find them all the time and she was like look yeah. this guy this is not good and so they said, "Hey, you know what we can do? Though we can put in a pick line in his chest, and we just turn it when we need some blood. We turn it on, get some blood out, turn it back off." I said, "Yeah, could y'all do that?" Because I am tired of just missing it several times a day. So they take me down there. The nurse moves me from the gurney that they use to transport me onto the table, and this nurse looks at me and goes, "I know you. You're a miracle." I'm like, um, she said, weren't you at Richmond Community Hospital? And I said, that's what they tell me, you know, because I was in a coma. Mm-hmm. She said, well, you're a miracle. I work part-time at Richmond Community Hospital. I said, okay. She said, and I worked part-time in the operating room. And I remember you because one day I was working in that operating room. They brought you in and they had told us all day that we're prepping to have a surgery where we're going to need to cut a man's leg off from the knee down. That's what they had told us all day. And you got there and we put you on the table and the surgeon went, wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with the guy's leg. And then she's telling me this story. I'm like, what? Hmm. She said, yeah. So you're a miracle. I remember that day, you know, right there in that moment, I'm thinking, okay, it was at a whole nother hospital, whole nother person, for her to be working today, mm-hmm. when they're doing this procedure for me, for this pick line, for her to be the nurse, I'm thinking it's too many miracles. It's no question, mm-hmm. God just affirming. No, I healed your leg. That's what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I healed your leg, and so that was you know because I've been running with that story now for getting you know, on twelve years. It's just amazing. But what was crazy? A few years after that. I was at another meeting. A young man was becoming the lead pastor. His father had led the church for many years. He was turned over to his son. I was there to encourage him. You know, I'm being myself, singing a little bit, praying a little bit. And the service is over. And the young man comes up to me and says, Pastor Don. I said, yeah. He said, you don't know me. And I was like, you're correct. I don't know you. (laughs) He says, but when you were back in the hospital years ago, I was the x-ray technician, Hmm. and I remember taking the x-rays of your lungs, and I had taken hundreds of x-rays of lungs, and when I took that x-ray and I saw it, I grabbed your hand and prayed for you, because I said to myself, this guy's supposed to be dead, the way his lungs look. Hmm. Of course, I was so blessed. I said, wow, young man, thank you for this testimony. Again, another evidence that I was healed by God. Thank God for the doctors. But the level of what happened is obvious. I was healed by God. What was funny about that night, I had asked my wife to go with me to this service. And she was like, oh, man, I don't want to go. You always going to something. God, could you? I don't want to go. But she said, okay, I'll go. <laughs> and I realized when he told me that, I said, look, could you stay right here? I'm going to go get my wife. Because this is why God wanted her to come tonight, It's for you to tell her this story. Mm. And Sean Offer brought my wife over, and he told her, and she was just like, wow. And I was thinking about not coming tonight. And so, man, again, when we talk about healing, bro, I'm without excuse because I've actually experienced it. And that's what's exciting about you doing this whole series and gathering testimonies because, you know, our God actually is a healer. And we want to be more open to that. And I'm grateful to be around people who pray, you know, we don't disregard medicine and all that, but we do believe that prayer is a part of it. Again, when Jesus walked the earth, he was regularly healing people. So praise God. Mm -hmm. That's my primary healing story. And it's, uh, you know, every year, I've lived after that. That's the other thing, Paul, that's crazy about my story mm-hmm. is all the things that have happened since I should have been dead. I can hardly get people to understand. People are like, oh, why are you so passionate? Why are you so excited? I'm like, you got to realize I know when, I mean, basically November 14, 2009, I should have died. Mm -hmm. And so everything that has happened after that, I became the chairman of the Richmond school board. I didn't even have a college degree. How am I the chairman of the school board? (laughs) I mean, of course, Eastern Fellowship Mm -hmm. continues to thrive and we brought on a new pastor. And I, I mean, it's just amazing. I got a grandson whose name is Elijah Donald. And I had nothing to do with that. My youngest daughter named him Prophet. And then her dad, I'm like, girl, for real? I mean, so you go like, yes, people believe healing is real. God has a plan for your life. And at any moment, like I said, I came to that moment where death was like, I got you. And God said, no. Mm -hmm. And all of what has happened after that, again, to God be the glory because of his healing power. Amen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I always love hearing that story. My favorite part is definitely the Jackie branch. Uh Uh, Nope. You're not doing that moment. And just the boldness of prayer. And that room was filled with people who were bold prayer warriors, but she went to another level of like naming it, calling it out and saying, Nope. You know, what's so beautiful is I've got a whole chunk of emails. If I searched right now from various sources, of people calling for prayer. I mean, the city of Richmond. <laughs> people all over the city of Richmond were praying for you because there are a lot of people that knew you. And here's what I love: is yes, you are right. That everything from that date on has been a gift from God. Mm-hmm. Right? That you should have died, but you lived, and everything you have experienced has been a blessing. But this is what I love about your healing story, but also so many of the healing stories I've heard is there's stuff happening that has nothing to do with you anymore, that you don't even know about. Like some of it you can infer, like the impact that God used your story on the lives of those people in the hospital, the x-ray tech, people who may not have known what to think about healing and miracles that suddenly saw it, right. and now their lives are changed. And that makes me think of John Ha, who we both know, right. and Kyle, and how his experience seeing Kyle's healing has now been with him as he's in his own medical situation. And his faith is in a deeper place because of Kyle's faith. Yeah. So now your faith and the faith of those who were praying for you, because again, it really wasn't about your faith at times because you were out, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, but the faith of those who were around you has now inspired
1: others. Oh, no, no question. I mean, so for like the first maybe five to seven years after that had happened, at least once a month, I would meet somebody who were not in my intimate circle, who would see me and go like, well, hey, Pastor Don, man, I was praying for you. I mean, it would happen for years, man, slow down now. But now, even now, every now and then, I'll meet somebody and they'll go like, yeah, I remember back there, man. I remember all those years I prayed for you. That time I prayed for you all those years ago. And I was like, It really was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm also a part of this international family called Church of the Nations. That's where my spiritual dad is one of the leaders of that. And so the same thing. That was all over the world Mm. when people were praying for me. And so, again, thank God for Zoom. (laughs) Now we get on these Zoom calls, and they'll go like, oh, yeah, we remember you. You're the guy we were praying for. That person may be in Romania, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's just, you're right. That's the other part of the power of healing. It's all the residual stuff that's happening to increase people's faith, to believe in the power of prayer and what it does. So, yeah, that's a good point, Paul. Great point. Yeah.
0: You know, something that I really want to press into from this is I named it at the start. Both you and I feel like God is doing something around healing. And so for me, I've had the privilege of God pushing me into starting to have these conversations. I thought it would be one conversation. This is the 50th conversation in this series. I've heard all these stories. So I know that God is doing some amazing things. But here's my question for you. It's a two part question. The first part is, why do you have the sense that God is trying to get us to open our eyes to the idea of healing? And the second question is, so if healing is something that God wants us to open our eyes to, how do we take stories like yours and start to make movements to it? How do we step into that?
1: All right. Well, the first part is, and this is going to sound really crazy because I haven't even told you this. Oh. I'm convinced that we're really in something close to the end times, Hmm. that our overall reckoning is happening, especially for the people of faith. Those of us who say we believe in God, I believe what's happening now is God is like, okay, I need y'all to really believe in me. (laughs) And if you really believe in me, then you embrace the entire scripture. You don't just pick and choose. You know, one of the things as I was preparing for this time this morning, as I was praying, you know, the Lord just challenged me on part of the issue here in the states and in most of the more modernized world is that we've over dependent on the medical side, which is a challenge. When because what the Lord showed me this morning as I was praying was the same healing that happened to you happens. In the bush in Africa, where there's not a hospital within a thousand miles, hmm. I'm that same God. But they're going to immediately access that God, where and I might like, oh well, I, you know, well let me see. I mean, and that's where God is changing now. Is we've got to, as the people of God in this country like this, praying for healing needs to be immediate. Whatever the thing, whatever is happening, immediately pray for healing. we got to be bold in praying for healing. And not religious about it, just bold about it and full of faith about it. And watch this now. Here's the challenge. Well, what if I pray for somebody and they don't get healed? Mm -hmm. That's the number one lie of the enemy. Who made you in charge of the manifestation? You're not in charge of the manifestation. You have the ability to release faith. So don't not release faith because of unbelief. (laughs) No, release faith and keep moving. God is fully capable of not worrying about whether or not you did something and it came out with the results you demanded in the moment. God is actually God. And now what's happening, Paul, what I've seen for me, is the freedom to just pray for people Mm -hmm. and lead the outcome to God. And I believe we're going to see more and more healings because God has decided, look, the world is going to be without excuse. It's going to be so clear that Jesus is actually alive and living and moving and doing things to reject him will be because people just wanna reject him. Mm-hmm. It won't be because, well, I never experienced him. I never saw a miracle, I never, none of that. Mm-mm. Cause all of that, he's turning up. This podcast, mm-hmm. the 49 other podcasts on healing. Say, well, I never heard about healing. I never heard anybody was healed. No, that's a lie. No, no, don't, don't, no, we, here we go. It's going, mm-hmm. it's going. So praise God! Yeah, get me excited. <laughs> you get excited. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, I think there's a lot in this too because one, I think people need to make sure that they hear that you're not saying to dismiss the medical and only pray for healing because nope. the lead elder of your church is a doctor. So you mean like you know you experienced it, right. right? And so there's that, but what you're really inviting people into is not how do we use a cheat code to fix things. What you're really talking about is how do we actually position ourselves to, one, choose to believe that God is God and God is good, and two, show that in our actions, Yes, right? And so it's not about praying to fix the person because there are many moments that you weren't fixed. You weren't fixed immediately because God wasn't trying to fix you immediately. He was trying to do something abundantly more, which included... Stuff for your wife, stuff for your family, yeah. stuff for the person in the elevator, stuff for the yeah. x-ray tech. Like God was trying to do something abundantly more yeah. than make your body whole because he knows your body's going to fade away eventually. Uh-oh. Go ahead, Paul.
1: You're preaching. No, see, <laughs> thank you, man. And I pray to everybody who's listening to this. Yes, don't be distracted by what happens physically in a moment. God is so much bigger than that. And that's what's the beauty of all of this, but it's also the distraction. Is when people act as if, again, the only evidence that God is actually at work is you actually see the immediate result that you prayed for in that moment. Mm-hmm. It takes away from, watch this, the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. They say, Well, what are you gonna bow down? Why don't you bow down? Well, where's your God? Is your God going to save you? They say, well, what? Either way, our God is still a great and mighty and powerful God. You understand what I'm saying, Paul? And see, that's where God is trying to take people, Mm -hmm. is to have faith that he can, Mm -hmm. but love him despite whatever. That's what destroys the enemy. Mm -hmm. That's what crushes the enemy. Yet, now, watch how I'm saying this, because I want people to hear my heart. I can have absolute faith that God will heal and be absolutely free that he can do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because eternal life is so much bigger mm-hmm. than whatever's happening on this earth. And that's the other part of when I said earlier about the reckoning I'm about to cry now, (laughs) about the reckoning that's happening. This is life eternal to know God and Jesus Christ, his son, whom he sent. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's the healing. That's the healing. And when we can live with that confidence, that can never be taken away. Mm -hmm. And we know eternity promises us complete healing.
0: Yeah. You know you said something that i was going to end up saying but then you said it and you caught it in that one phrase is that's the healing right because when we're on the one end of it we're seeing the problem before us the potential loss of the leg or this issue or that issue and that's the thing that's on our mind that needs to be healed and sometimes god does heal that but again he's not doing it because he's like oh man their body's messed up i need to fix it when he chooses to heal he's doing so because he knows that that is actually going to help us to see the deeper healing that he's trying to do. Yeah. The flip side is true. A lot of the stories that I've been able to hear are people who God didn't heal the thing. Come on. And through not healing it, he healed the deeper thing that yeah. needed to be healed. Come on. Come on, And so you're talking about this reality that yes, individually, but corporately, capital C church, There is a healing that God is desiring for us, a healing that we need that we don't see. You didn't see the healing that you needed when you were setting up plans. You knew you didn't feel well. Mm -hmm. So you're going to get someone else to speak, but you were going to just kind of rest at home, turn on the TV and just you had no idea that your body was about to be done. You didn't know that you were about to die and you needed substantial healing. Wow. And what if this is where the church is as well, that we're sitting in our figurative home, we know something's wrong, but we're not too concerned, we'll put some things in place, but we don't know how desperately we as the church need healing. So my question is, how do we as a body of believers open our eyes to what God is trying to show us?
1: Yeah. Flesh and blood can't reveal it. So we have to position ourselves and be hungry for revelation. I mean, you just, I hope, people what you just said is is the scary part of the story. Yeah. Is there's, God has a plan for us and we have to stay positioned to receive that plan. And it's so much bigger than whatever we think we're experiencing. Because at some point we have to actually believe That eternity and eternal life is the highest, not whatever is happening here. Mm -hmm. And it's a challenge because the earth is always trying to exalt itself over God. Mm -hmm. And so as the people of God to continue to provoke one another. See, I'm going to do a study on this part. I may teach it at East End. But all the times Jesus said, while he was on this earth, he said, I'm not of this world. I'm not of this world. Mm -hmm. And then to his true disciples, he told them, you're not of this world. You're not actually from, this is not your home. That's got to come back. It's got to come back that we live in such a way that it demonstrates this is not our primary focus. Mm -hmm. We actually believe in eternal life. We actually believe, like I said a moment ago, Jesus is alive right now. He's right here while we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And the more and more of us who say we're his followers to provoke people to normalize believing they have a relationship, a living relationship with the living God. That, that becomes normal. People don't get offended when somebody says, Well, the Lord said this to me. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Well, why are you saying that? You know, if I'm authentic, I should be able to say it. If I'm being religious, then just call me out and God will call me out. But if I'm authentic, why shouldn't I be able to say, The Lord just said something to me? And this is where we're going, man. And then what happens, watch this. Then people like you and me, people stop acting like you know, you, you know y'all serious. <laughs> no, actually, no, I'm not. I'm be I'm like, no, I'm not. This is the way God has asked us to know Him, and each of us as individuals have got to be courageous and not settling for anything less than confidence that we have a relationship with God that is real, and healing, delivering all oh, whatever God wants to do today than he did yesterday, he can do it today because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And when he walked the earth, those wasn't just stories. There's plenty of things in the scripture that he actually did that we should still believe happens today. Yeah.
0: I mean, what you're inviting us to is what scripture invites us to over and over and over again. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus says, die to everything else. Take up your cross and follow me. It's this idea, this singular decision to be in relationship, to walk with, to follow, an ongoing journeying with Jesus, with God. And as you're talking, it makes me think of C.S. Lewis's book, The Screw Tape Letters. And, mm-hmm. you know, imagine if there were these demons and they are trying to thwart what mm-hmm. God's doing. Mm-hmm. How might they do that? And what's so striking about that book is the ease at which someone could thwart it. Mm. It doesn't take much to throw us off. Mm. And so if we are in this situation like you talked about where you know there is a reckoning, we've got to wake up because there is a healing that is needed. Yeah. If I was in charge of trying to thwart that, It wouldn't take much. I would just say, well, let me pit these two people against each other. Let me throw some division in there. Let me throw some confusion in there. I don't need to disprove God. I don't need to try to say, no, you don't need healing. I just need to get them focused on (laughs) attacking each other and not on seek first. I mean, you and I have had lots of conversations about this. This has been a real struggle for the church, especially over the last few years. I mean, all throughout history, but especially the last few years, we have really struggled with what it means to seek God first, to love Mm. others, and to be in unity and to invite the spirit to guide all those things. And I think that's the key that you and I keep on coming back to in our own lives is we can say those first pieces and then try to do it in and of our own power. But I think it's very clear. We are not capable of doing any of that on our own power. We're not capable of loving God in our own power. We're not capable of loving others in our own power. And we are definitely not capable of unity in our own power. But Jesus sent a helper to not just allow us to do those things, but to do even more than he did. He said, you're going to do far more than I did. And so my question is this, somebody could have been listening up to this point and coming up with kind of a prescriptive, okay, here's what I need to do. I need to pray more. I need to do this. We need to do this as a church. But what I just named is that what we need is the Spirit. So tell me a little bit about that, because there are some people that don't know what to do with the idea of the Holy Spirit. There are some people that don't know how to engage the Holy Spirit. There are some people that don't necessarily believe that the Spirit works. When I say that, that we need the Spirit in order to move forward, what does that mean for you?
1: Another word I'd like to use is Positioning and just decided to be as open to the things of the Spirit as we can. Here lately, Paul, I've also really come to the conclusion that basically what has to happen for people is that they be open to the Spirit. Hmm. Well, how do I be open to the Spirit? You say to the Spirit, I'm open Hmm. to the Spirit. (laughs) You know, that's where I'm at now. It's like the Holy Spirit is ready to encounter people on their own. I keep going back to when Jesus was with his disciples and he looked at them after he'd been with them a couple of years and said, well, who do you say I am? I'm convinced that's what this comes down to. And I think a lot of our preaching, a lot of stuff we're doing before people have actually settled that, mm-hmm. that Jesus, the Holy Spirit all has been revealed to me by God. Well, how do you know? Please don't ask me that question you live your life on a whole bunch of stuff that you cannot fully explain to me. (laughs) So just don't try that one because it doesn't hold water. Most of you use these things, cell phones. And if I took it all apart, most of you could never put it back together, but you use it every day. So don't try it. And so to answer your question, at this season of my life, I'm convinced that what I do is push people to position themselves, to ask the Holy Spirit to come into their life to show them what they need. And to keep doing that until you know that it has happened for you. And it keeps happening daily. Daily. Mm-hmm. Daily. Because you hunger and thirst. And I believe part of your assignment on the earth, Paul, is that. That that's what you keep provoking people towards God. Mm-hmm. That everything you do, <laughs> I feel like, is to challenge people to know God. Mm-hmm. You know, you you gotta know God. Every one of us, we've got to know God. We can't just go through this life. We can, but that's not what God created us for. He created us to actually know him and to be courageous in that knowing. Man, this whole thing, I've been really doing some deep, deep reckoning. And especially here in our culture, man, we had this guy in Richmond a couple of days ago, Jamar Tisby. Mm -hmm. And I love how you were alluding to, you know, all this disunity that has happened amongst the church, specifically around the foolishness of race and all that. I mean, it's just craziness. But the challenge, I believe, is when you know that you were created in the image and likeness of God, that that's your greatest identity. And then what God does with your ethnicity or whatever, whatever God does with that, he does with it. But ultimately, knowing him, meeting Jesus, and knowing the Holy Spirit, being led by the Spirit, that's where we're going to find God. And that's what God is demanding. Like I say, when I think of you, I appreciate everything you do, because I believe that's what it ultimately does to people. It pushes them towards, do you actually know God? You can.
0: Yeah, I appreciate that. And it makes me think of a conversation I had last night. There was a group of young adults who came to serve in the community and I had a fire pit and we were processing and they were asking questions and I was answering the questions. And one of the things that I said, they made some comment about just the wisdom that I was bringing. I was like, honestly, most of the time when I'm saying these things, I'm saying them to myself because it is a journey. I'm reminding myself that I can trust God. I'm reminding myself that God can work because I still have moments in my life where no matter what I've experienced, my humanity still will say, aha, but wait a minute. Are you sure about it this time? And that's what we're talking. I mean, you're talking about a journey. Yeah. You're, you're talking about an ongoing choice. Yeah. And what I love, too, that I hope people hear is that you're talking about an accessibility. Yes. You said, if we want to be open in the spirit, how do we do it? We just say here I am. And that's what scripture says. Like So many times somebody just says, here I am, God. And that's the thing is somebody can get scared when they hear the story of Jackie Branch boldly saying, you are not taking his leg. And they can build this up in her mind that she is this tremendous prayer warrior that knows the power of the spirit. And she does know the power of prayer. She does know the power of the spirit. But that's not the moral of the story there, that we need to elevate Jackie Branch. Because she would say, Ah, no, 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 no. You need to elevate God. Like, that's not what we're trying to do. You look at that and you say, Oh, man, I could never get to that level. No, you say, Who are you right now? Where are you right now? Okay. Mm. Are you willing to say, Here I am with the little you have to offer? Because God could take that little and feed tens of thousands, do amazingly, abundantly more with the littlest thing you have to offer. The question
1: is, Are you willing to offer it? Are you willing to offer it? Hey, look, this is a really. Sidebar here, but really powerful. You just were talking about the group of young adults that have come to serve in the community, and you were the speaker speaking to them fire pit at your house, and they were saying that Wow, this guy's wise. I remember when you were that person. <laughs> That's what's this stuff does multiply. I'm like, yeah, they used to get me to speak to those groups. <laughs> Mm -hmm. It's just beautiful, man. It's like, wow, that is, come on, man. That's what we, just being available. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And when you came here 14, 15 years ago, you were trying to figure out how to be available. Mm -hmm. And through all the stuff, stuff happens. Stuff that don't like make sense, but it's all about him drawing us more into knowing him. Mm -hmm. And the way that knowing happens I was talking to a young man on my porch yesterday. And Luke, it says, take up your cross daily and follow him. Mm-hmm. How many times did Jesus have to go to the cross? Once and for all. But for us, as long as we are in this planet, there's stuff in us that needs to die. Mm-hmm. Don't be thrown off when some of that happens. <laughs> mm-hmm. And know that, no, God is still good. He still loves me. And I'm still moving towards him. And we can give that away to people too. This reality that it's all working for good. When our goal is to know him, Mm -hmm. that's it. I'm just, I'm going to know him more each day. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to give that away. And so praise God, brother. Yeah. I love how you said it earlier. That's the healing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the healing. Yep. Yep. (laughs)
0: Well, you and I know from experience that we could just keep on talking about this, but I want to, I want to close with two questions. So the first question is this, we just talked about a lot of stuff. God brought a lot of stuff to the table. You know, you have your own story and what you know to be true. And you also feel this sense of urgency. So let's say you've got the mic now, let's say you've got the mic and the capital C church is going to hear what you're going to say. What is it you
1: want to say to the church right now? And I've been practicing this now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's really, it's, it's deep, deep, deep in me, mean, man. It's, it's real simple. John 17, 3. This is life eternal to know God and Jesus Christ, his son, whom he has sent. And then Hebrews thirteen eight. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And then in Matthew, who do you say I am? As the church, we've got to settle. We've got to live into those verses, and we've got to settle that we know that we know that we know God. We've got to remove the false premise. Oh, well, you, you can't know God. No, that's not what Jesus said. He said, this is like to know God, to have an intimate, living, vital relationship with God. Do you have that? And then from there, no that as the offspring of God to choose daily to just be led by the Spirit, mm. to be available, as we alluded to, earlier, and then to have ears to hear when God says, hey, that was me, that was me, that was me, that was me, and be unashamed to share with others, this is the Lord's doing, mm-hmm. and it's marvelous in our eyes.
2: That's good. That's what
1: I want to say, man. Yeah. That's what I want to keep saying. Pray for me, bro. You done sparked something here with this. <laughs> yeah. So, so thank you for this today. Man. Yeah. Well,
0: and I'm grateful for you and I'm laughing in my head. One, you know, you've got this phrase you love to say it. at the appointed time. And Mm -hmm. I've been doing this podcast for three and a half years. You've been on my mind often for the last three and a half years. And there was a point at which I started to reach out. And one of the things you're like, actually, I felt like God was saying, not yet. It's not yet, not the appointed time. And so I'm grateful for God's wisdom because I feel like I could have had you on and had a great conversation, Mm -hmm. but I feel like there was something God wanted to do in us talking on this topic at this time, at the appointed time. The other thing is, I've joked on many podcast episodes before that when there's technical issues, I really feel like God's about to do something. And you and I, you were having computer issues. I was having things happen on my end that I've never seen happen before. And so I had that sense. All right. I already know this is going to be a good conversation with Don, but God, I think you're going to do something. So I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for this conversation. And, you know, as we close out, one thing I always like to end with is, is there anything else on your heart that you want to share before we go? Yeah.
1: I want people, if you live in the Richmond area, to know that I would love for you to come and sit on my porch. If you are pursuing God and you feel like sometimes people are acting like you're crazy or you've lost your mind, so come sit on my porch. I love to help people realize like, no, you're not crazy. You just want more of God than most of the people around you. And that's not a judgment on them. Hmm. But God put me on a plan to help people like that be fully free. So if you listen to this podcast and you're like, yeah, I just want to go after God and just seem like I can't figure it out. Come, come sit on the porch with me. Because again, the reckoning is happening. And what has to happen is the true followers of Jesus Christ are being released more and more because the promise is this, thy kingdom come that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's how Jesus taught us to pray. And so who are the people who are going to pursue that? Again, without judgment, just pursue it and watch others go like, yeah, that's something. I want some of that. And like I said, Paul, I just appreciate all the ways you allow God to use you in these different mediums, which I believe ends up with that one thing, like, here you go you can know god you can be in relationship with god you can be healed amen
0: If you've been following along, you've heard me say that doing a podcast wasn't necessarily my choice, and I don't necessarily desire to put my personal business out there. So you can imagine that there has been several moments in this healing series that have been challenging for me, because I felt like God's invited me to be publicly transparent during this season. And I've opened up about things that either I don't often open up about, that I haven't been as open about, or that I've never really opened up about. And when you do that, you're not only working through the personal pieces of it, but you're inviting negative feedback. You're inviting doubt and questions. And there are certain topics that I hit that I know there are still voices that question my experience. So the very act of posting some of these episodes were steps of obedience for me. And then I would sit and wait and hope that I didn't make a mistake. And something God used to encourage me in those moments was feedback from so many of you. I have been deeply encouraged by so many of the messages and calls that I've received affirming what God has been doing in this healing series. And what I really love is the moments where it's not celebrating me or my voice or anything like that. It's celebrating stuff that actually was from God. Stories that weren't mine. Conversations that went places that I hadn't planned. So I want to thank those of you who have been listening. And I want to thank those of you that have let me know what God has done in the midst. Or in other words, where you've seen God through this series. I also wanna encourage you to reach out to some of the guests and let them know how their stories encouraged you. An example of this is a voicemail from a listener named Melinda. And I'm so grateful that she shared her words because like her, I also appreciated Darcy's story and know that God can work through that and so many of these stories in ways that are abundantly more than we could ask or imagine. Hi Paul,
3: my name is Melinda Culbertson And I just wanted to thank you for doing this series on healing. I was especially encouraged by Darcy Steiner's episode, The Upside of Suffering. She spoke about having complex regional pain syndrome, or CRPS, and I've been dealing with that as well for the past eight years. I really identified with much of what Darcy shared, both how she suffered and also how she experienced God working. Besides having CRPS, I've been through breast cancer and almost 20 years of other very severe health issues, chronic pain, lack, and suffering, but as Darcy said, some of the most amazing things that God does in our lives are in the midst of our deepest suffering. Her episode really reminded me of all that God has done for me in the past, as I am even now dealing with worsening gastroparesis or stomach paralyzation, in which I can't take in enough nutrition to sustain my body. I'm so thankful that through times of suffering, God has shown me that he provides, he answers prayers and he can do the impossible. He speaks to me and reveals himself to me in new and special ways. He transforms me, brings spiritual growth, teaches me, gives me opportunities to put God's word into practice in my life and pours out comfort on me that I can share with others. And the greatest gift in my suffering has been the gift of himself. I'm praying that your podcast encourages many more people
0: what I love about what Don shared is that I know he's not playing around The reality is, is that God's not inviting us just to sit and hear stories. God has given us these powerful stories because he's trying to do something abundantly more than what we're asking for or imagining. God is doing something abundantly more than our entertainment or our inspiration. God is calling us to seek him in a heftier way, to trust him in a deeper way. These stories can serve as the match to light the flame, but these are not the stopping point. So the challenge for us here is how do we step towards God in the boldness that Don's invited us to? How do we deepen our faith that God can do the impossible? And how do we press forward with an urgency knowing that now is the time, that God is in the midst of something big and he doesn't want us to miss it? One of my favorite elements of being on this journey has been the sense that I've had that God was up to abundantly more, even if I couldn't see it. I had that sense at the start of the story as God prompted me to step into a season I never wanted to do. And I want to share with you a testimony I shared with my church body halfway through the season. I had just posted the 25th episode, The Halfway Point, with no clue that it would get all the way to 50. But even back then, I knew that God was doing something and that he was inviting us to see past the audio and into what it means for our lives. Well, good morning, everyone. How's everybody feeling? For those that don't know, I do a podcast. And yeah, yeah. And here's what's funny about that. The reason I started is a little over three years ago, had a pretty substantial life change, found myself unemployed. And God said, I don't want you to job search yet. And there's one specific month, September of that year, 2018, that God said, just spend some time with me for this month. And during that time, I felt like God was saying, I want you to start a podcast. The reason that's funny It's because I didn't listen to podcasts, I didn't particularly like podcasts, and I didn't want to put my business out there on a podcast. But I've learned when God invites you to something, he might know a little more than you do. So I mentioned that to say I didn't start a podcast because I wanted to or because I wanted to get a bunch of listeners or anything like that. God said to do it. And I began to have this sense that what God wanted to do was create space to process for me to process, for others to process, and for people listening to pull up a chair at the table and kind of listen in to the process and process themselves. So it's been a wild ride. But the testimony I want to share was specifically about this year and what God did. And many of you know our family had many transitions, as many families did, but Becca went back into full-time teaching. She taught for five years, took just about as much time off, and God called her back, and she's at Imago Day. It's a big transition to jump back into full-time teaching. The kids went back into in-person schooling. And so since everybody else in the family was having a big transition, I felt like God was telling me to hold things loosely. There's a lot that I wanted to do, a lot that I was hoping to do, a lot that I thought I could do, and God was saying, cool, you could think about those things, but hold it loosely because I may invite you to do something else. It's kind of a hard thing when you have to let go of some of the things you might want to do, but it's an exciting thing when you know that God can work in that space. So the thing he ended up doing was around this season of the podcast, and it started this summer. When a friend of mine almost lost his eyesight, God miraculously healed it. And oftentimes, a guest on the podcast, God will just put them on my mind, and I feel like I have to reach out to them. So I reached out to this friend from college, and I was like, I hadn't talked to him in a long time. I was like, hey, I heard your story. It's amazing. Felt like God was nudging me to invite you to share your story in the podcast if you wanted. He's like, sure, yeah. So I was like, all right. So I guess this is going to be an episode on healing. Well, I posted something about that, and then my friend, Will Roberts, who some of y'all know saw that and he was like, oh, I have a healing story too. And I was like, I I didn't want to do two healing stories. Like I wanted to have him on, but I started trying to gently nudge him to share about something else. Right. But I also knew I'm trying to trust God. So in the end, it ended up being an episode about healing, but that step of faith of being willing to have two episodes suddenly opened up. There's this podcast matching thing. It's like a dating matching thing, but it's for podcasters. I was about to write it off. It just wasn't working out for me. Well, after that episode with Will, suddenly I had two messages, the first real messages I had all year from two people with healing stories. I was like, okay, so maybe I guess there'll be more episodes on healing. And what I felt like I was saying is, what if I want you to do a whole season on healing? And I was like, no, because <laughs> healing's weird, right? Healing's complicated. Healing's confusing. Healing can be controversial. I don't want to step into that. But if God invites you into something, so I took a step, one of those guests, a woman named Darcy. And after I took that step and recorded her conversation, I go back to that platform. Six more messages. This fall has been crazy. Remember I said I had to hold things loosely? Well, apparently God wanted me to have a lot of time for recording podcasts because to give you a picture, because it's infrequent and it's whenever God puts somebody in my mind, up until September, I had recorded seven episodes all year. I am now editing the 25th episode since September with one or two more needing to be edited, six to 12 more either scheduled or to be scheduled. Now, here's the thing. The celebration isn't that there's a whole bunch of episodes because, again, I don't necessarily want to be a podcaster and put my business out there. Here's what I'm seeing. God is doing something around healing, doing something around how we come together around this idea of healing. Because... I don't know about y'all, but I need some healing in my life, right? Our community itself, there are things that we are healing from. Our larger community of the East End, there's a lot that we're healing from, and we don't step into that space. We become self-sufficient. We become scared to put our stuff out there. We get scared to actually trust God to heal in the way he wants to heal. I'm trying. (laughs) I think this is the thing that I want to encourage y'all with. This has been simultaneously exciting and hard because as I've gone in this episode, I've heard amazing stories. I've seen God work in amazing ways through the conversations and God's been bringing some stuff in me that's still yet to be healed. Wounds that I didn't necessarily want to keep touching, but God's poking at it. This is the big truth that I feel like God's showing. When somebody asks Jesus, what is the greatest commandment he gives to? He says to love God and to love others. And here's what that's starting to mean for me. God is trying to communicate to us that we are created for him and for others. And what that also means is that we'll focus on our individual relationship with God. But it's like what God's saying to us is, look, I love that you're seeking me. You are never going to fully find me if you're only doing it in and of yourself. The only way you can access certain parts of me is if you do so through community. And so I want to encourage everyone, God is doing something. I know many of you have also kind of sensed that God's doing something. And what he's inviting us to is just to open our eyes, to put out our hands, and to be willing to step even if there's nothing in front of us. But we know that God is there. And so even if we fall, we're like, all right, God, well, I'm falling into you. So often, believers wrestle with knowing what Jesus wants them to do. Well, if we want to know what Jesus wants us to do, all we have to do is to go to his words. In fact, here are some of his last words, his last invitation to us. He says in Matthew 28, starting in verse 18, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age." Jesus is with us, and he makes it clear that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him. And that's why we're able to have stories of miraculous healing, stories of internal transformation, because Jesus still has authority and power. And yet he doesn't stop there. That exists because he is inviting us. Verse 11 Go therefore and make disciples. This is what I've been hearing from listeners listeners that heard somebody else's faith and were encouraged in their own faith just as when Melinda heard Darcy's story, her faith was encouraged, so we can disciple others as we share the stories that God is giving us. And the good news is, is that even when it's hard, even when it's confusing, those final words are still true today. I am with you always to the end of the age. Jesus is inviting us to follow him, no matter how broken we feel, no matter how hard things are. Jesus knows how to heal, and he knows how to heal in deeper ways than we may even realize. But he's inviting us to trust him, to follow him, and to be his ambassadors as we move forward. This is the healing that we're invited into, beyond our bodies. It's something bigger and deeper than we could ever imagine. In fact, it's a healing of the body of Christ. We are invited to participate in that healing, and we can start today. So let's start. And then let's ask ourselves, Where did we see God? Have you ever wanted to read Revelation but haven't known where to start? Or have you been afraid to read Revelation because of all the ways you've seen it misused? Or maybe you haven't even wanted to touch Revelation but feel like maybe you should since it's part of the Bible? Well, if you're in any of these positions or any other ones, I've got a resource for you. It's called A Journey Through Revelation for the person who doesn't wanna read Revelation. And here's the thing, the hope for this resource is that it makes the exploration of who God is and what Revelation can mean for you accessible, whatever you believe. And this will not be your normal Revelation study. It's not gonna dive into the historic representations of the imagery or expertly decipher the prophecies. The goal of this is not to tell you what Revelation means, it's to explore what it can mean for you. Now, this thing is available for you right now in a few forms. One, you could go to www.wharedityouseegod.com revelation, and you can find a PDF for free, which you can read on your phone, on your device, or print out. But if you like something that's a little nicer looking, it is also available through Amazon on Kindle and in paperback form. And I prefer paperback, whether you print it or you get the one on Amazon, because this gives you a place to write some things out because you're going to want a place to write things out. Because I really do believe that God wants to speak to you through revelation, whatever you feel about revelation, whatever your experience, and whatever you think about God. So if you're interested, get it for free, get it for a very, very, very low price. This is not about making money, but about us together exploring how we can see God in the midst of such a difficult and controversial book. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Where Did You See God podcast. And I would love for your stories to be a part of it as well. So there are a number of ways that you can do that. You can check out our Facebook page at Where Did You See God podcast. You can go to anchor.fm slash where did you see God, or you can leave a brief voice message at 804-372-3836. I would love to hear your stories. And if the stories you've heard have encouraged you, uh, think of someone else who could be encouraged as well and share it with them. The music you've been listening to is You'll Walk, You'll Run by Urban Doxology. They are a solid group and you will love listening to the rest of their music. So check them out. And as always, as you go through your day, ask yourself, where did you see God?